I've got my senior pass so I can get on the subway for 35 cents. That's sort of sad, but okay, do you have to talk about that? Hey there, I'm Ed Begley Jr. and I'm willing to do anything to help the planet. I fit my trash in a glove compartment, I recycle denim to insulate my house, and I love my wife. And I am Rochelle Carson Begley, and I prefer to wear my denim, especially when someone is too cheap to turn on the heater. And I love Ed. In this episode about transportation, we'll be talking about many different forms of transportation, all of them green. We'll be talking about public transportation, bike riding, Lyft and Uber. And my friends, carpooling. Carpooling's good. We're going to talk about it all. There's so much to be talked about. And walking. 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 My number one choice in the transportation hierarchy, number one, is walking. Hey, we want to thank Casper for supporting Begley-esque. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. You can get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash go green and enter promo code go green. That's casper.com slash go green and promo code go green for $50 off any mattress. Thank you, Casper. Hi there, folks. Welcome back to Begley S. Today, we're going to talk about green ways to get around town. But before we do that, we just want to highlight some of the things that you've been up to. Got some great tweets and uh, responses to my question, which is what has been going on in your week? What have you done that's green? What made you happier? What made your life better? Christian Rosselli said, glad you asked, not reading the news and detoxing from social media. Tanji at Twitter said, thanks for asking, saw our nephew get married, cooked dinner in a solar oven, put a soaker hose in the ground for our shrubs. What? A soaker what? A soaker hose. What's that? You don't know what a soaker hose? It's a hose with holes in it that soaks the ground. A soaker hose. Soaker hose. You've never heard of a soaker nope. hose? Nope. And that's what they told You really told are you? a city girl. I thought yeah. you were from Georgia. I'm de- I I'm am very... from Georgia, but you know, it's a city. I'm very sad to hear that. Soaker hole. I mean, why did she Soaker do hose. that? What was it's that? A good way to water. It's a good way to water. It's oh. a clever way to water. Drip irrigation is a form of a soaker hose. Okay, all right. All right, is. I'm glad they had a good weekend. There's more, if I may continue, if I'm okay. permitted to continue and hear from all right. other people who know what a soaker hose is. Okay. Claudia Dolph, who we love, says, Using my clean canteen and filtered tap water makes me happy and saves me money. Our dear friend Claudia, who did the Cesar Chavez play. Yeah. Hi, Claudia. Fred Mahler says, I finished my treatments and I'm now officially cancer-free. No complaints here. So that's definitely a happy week for him. We're very happy Thank about Thank God. That, Thank Fred. God. That's great news. Tell us, what did you do this week that helped make your life better? You listeners out there, Please tell us. Please tell us something. What did you do this week that helped make you happier? That's important to have a certain level of happiness. What helped you save money, help the environment? We want to know. Tweet us at Begley-esque. You can also email your stories and questions at Begley-esque at gmail.com. Or call 657-B-E-G-L-E-Y-Begley-3 and leave a voicemail. So thank you, everybody, for keeping us in the loop. Now, what have we done lately? Well, I was there at the Emma Summit. They had a great thing about oh, building right. green. Were a, they were on a panel or Wendy something? Wendy Malik and some other wonderful people on the panel, this guy Josh and uh, David, who are builders and what have you, and in green funds, a woman, Jennifer, who runs, I think, the Calvert Fund. They're all there and doing a great job of talking about how it makes sense, economic sense, to build green. Well, I'd really like to hear about that. What, what is the real takeaway you got from it? Other than it makes economic sense, can you break that down a little bit? Yeah, you know, when people look at a, 
a building, look at the cost of a building, they traditionally look at labor and materials. That's what it costs to build this house, you could say. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to look beyond that. That's like looking at an iceberg and seeing that little piece that's above the water. You go, that iceberg is the size of a refrigerator. Well, it's a lot bigger below the waterline. That's the cost of running that house or that commercial structure. So people are really starting to look at that over the life of a building and investing in the long term, long term being just you know more than a year or two, where you start to get a real payback from building smart. And Finally, that's what they talked that's about. that's awesome. Yeah, it was very good. Do they have any new building materials or anything that you thought, hmm, that's interesting, that was... Uh... There's always new stuff coming, better windows, better doors, you know, better insulation, you know, but we have state-of-the-art here. You know, we've got that isonine, which is the best you can do. What's isonine again? It's a foam. It's oh, an right. insulating oh, right. foam. Right, right, right. And it works very, very well. We have the Sierra Pacific windows. We have... You know, wonderful they're double pane, though, right? They're always double pane. Right. But That's there are least, some places they have some triple pane. Triple pane, exactly. People who live in a very cold climate. See, I paid some, attention. You did. Yeah. You yeah. get extra points, yep. honey. And, uh, you know, it's what you need to do. 12-inch thick walls cost a little more for the materials, but what a payback over time for the comfort in your home and the savings on the energy bills. And we did steel frame. That's right. Which is unusual but i think in earthquake country it might be beneficial what do you think it's very good it's also good with uh mold it doesn't get moldy it's good with termites there's no termite i mean mm-hmm. that attacks steel obviously so it's good in a number of ways and uh the steel is guaranteed for i think 100 years or more exterior and it's not exterior it's behind stucco and foam and all kinds of layers so It'll 100 be years? For, yeah, you're not going to live that long. I might, well, no, but honey, that's, I'm telling you it'll last much more than 100 years. It's rated at 100 years. Warranty, wow. it'll last longer than that. That's If it's exterior, interior, it'll last hundreds of years. Hundreds. Really? Wow, cool. Um, and also, one thing that we did do with us, this house is we have lots of windows, but we have a skylight. We have a lot of natural light in this house, which I really, really appreciate. Very important. I, Beautifully designed with a south-facing glass areas that uh, accept the the light in and the heat that comes with it winter time and keep that heat away during the summer when the when the sun gets higher very good passive solar design and then we were also very fortunate to have different areas for heating and air so you and i have completely different needs (laughs) in every way not the least of which is hvac (laughs) so he can have his room on and his office can be uh you know hot and mine can be cold upstairs it's all good it's all good and believe me her room is cold upstairs Upstairs. I won't say any more about that. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about no car cities, okay? Okay. Last week on Facebook, we shared an article from the World Economic Forum about these cities that are creating more space for bikers and pedestrians and banning cars on certain days in certain areas. Wow. Some of these places are Oslo, Madrid, Chengdu, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Hamburg, Copenhagen. Athens, London, Vancouver, New York, and Paris. So, honey, when you go to Paris, be prepared to take public transportation. For some reason, I don't mind taking public transportation in Paris. I'm going to be going to Paris next week, and um, not Zygazun. only yeah, travel in good health. I, I can't wait. Uh, the the great thing is, one, I will take the metro. No question about it. It's the great way to get around that city. It's so well designed and it's clean and efficient. It, and every, what, what do you think it is here at the LAMTA? I know, but it's I'm clean always and efficient. Need to, I don't know. I know it's beautiful here. I we know. I know exactly what it is. you see. You say what? you don't know. No, I do know. What you're is stubborn. It? stubborn. You hate change. Oh, yeah, because I don't really want 
to make you happy. Maybe that's There it. you go. Okay. She said it. Record this. The only downside about going to Europe or anywhere really outside of my house is that I'm, I love my bed. I love my Casper mattress. Even though I'm going to this wonderful city and seeing and experiencing great things, my experience has been my bed, the beds there are not the greatest. You know, that's the only downside. And of course, leaving Ed. Missing me. That's what's really causing you pain and discomfort, honey. You won't be around me. It's not that fear. Your soft and cuddly mattress. (laughs) The fear of the, the bed that's waiting in my future and leaving this incredibly soft bed. It's of course leaving you. That goes without saying though, honey. And we really want to thank Casper for supporting this episode. They're a great company. They make a great mattress. Very proud to be aligned with them. And they deliver it right to your door. It was amazing, and it was so easy to take. It was delivered in a box. Yeah. Did you ever see? think you'd see a mattress in a box? Never. Just so you know who they are, they're an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. But, and why would it be that? Because it's online, and you don't, they don't have the yeah, overhead of a business. Yeah, you're the middleman. That's brilliant. Isn't that brilliant? I yeah, they're it's... revolutionizing the mattress industry, cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms, passing the savings directly on to the consumer. Wow. That's how they do it. That's really smart. Casper Mattress is an obsessively engineered mattress at a very fair price. And I just can I just say about Casper's mattress, I think it's phenomenal because it, it molds to your body. You sure that's not me? And it's, you think <laughs> it's, it's a mattress? It's definitely huh? not you. <laughs> it's the mattress. It is so comfortable. Casper is made of supportive memory foams for a sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Plus, its breathable design helps keep you cool to help you regulate your temperature throughout the night. Yeah, you can buy it easily online, and it's completely the best part of this completely risk free. Try sleeping on a Casper mattress, would you? Casper understands the importance of truly trying out a mattress that in all reality, you could spend a third of your life on. They offer free delivery, painless returns within a 100-day period. 100 days, that's not bad. That's a pretty good return policy. You don't have to lie down in a showroom. And did you know, statistically, lying in a bed in a showroom has no correlation as to whether it's the right bed for you? No, I never even thought about that. And the mattresses are made right here in the USA. Free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada. You can save an additional $50 toward a mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash go green and enter the promo code go green, G-O-G-R-E-E-N. That's casper.com slash go green and promo code go green. Of course, terms and conditions apply. Honey, you know I'm going to miss you, but while you're gone, I'll have a little bit of mitigation by enjoying that beautiful Casper mattress all to myself. I can spread out in the bed and be very comfy. Well, don't get too used to it because I am coming back. I'm going to lose my bedroom privileges. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Keep this. We're going to have to subpoena that portion Although I of the did tape. get my iPhone stolen the very first day in Paris last time. So once, be careful stolen? on the med- I still am not... Stolen, I think it dropped out of your family. No, pack, it did not. Yeah, it was I think totally it and completely pickpocketed sure. because this is how okay. I know. Because my friend came over and we called it and a French person answered. Well, the, somebody found that doesn't mean No, it was no, and my friend spoke to him in French and then he hung up. So there you are. It was stolen. That could be still, that doesn't mean so that they took the it off you. That might mean they is found just it. be careful, okay? It's cash in the green. Time for us to share our best money-saving tips. This week, learn how to get around town without breaking the bank. You know, Ed, how would I get started? Because obviously, I would be considered very new at it. 
you just say yes. I've been asking you to take <laughs> oh, public transportation regularly. We just had the Greenwish event, and you can park your electric car right near the escalator or the elevator at the Red Line station, and then walk out of there, and then walk right in within one block to the event we were going to. I know. Somehow you're resistant. Well, Tell me why. It's, I did carpool, so mind you, I, I okay, had a full good. car. However, it was 100 degrees that day. That's one of the reasons I just but was... But it's not like the subway's hot. It's air-conditioned. Well, I didn't know that. Well, now okay. you know. All right. So I just wasn't willing to take that risk. And since my car was full, I didn't feel very guilty. Okay. And you were taking public transportation, so... It's cheap, too. I've got my senior pass, so I can get on the subway for 35 cents. That's sort of sad. But okay, do you have to talk about that? Yeah. All right. Okay, okay. It's important to people. You can get a student discount. You can get a senior discount. There's all kinds of different discounts. And if it's rush hour, then you've got to pay a whopping 75 cents. So you're breaking the bank if it's rush hour. 75 cents. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. You can't park downtown for 75 no, cents. No, you cannot park at a meter for 75 cents. However, hopefully one day they'll have more access to public transportation in Los Angeles. You still have to drive pretty much to the to the train station, don't you? You can choose to drive. You don't have to. I could certainly walk out here, go up to Ventura Boulevard and catch any one of the a number of buses that go right to the Red Line stop. But I, for convenience... So is it the talk- same price? So if you pay, if you get on the bus, is it one price or do you have to pay no, two prices? No, you have to pay again. So that's a, another <gasps> wow. thing. That's something to consider. That that's why the cheapskate that I am, I usually drive my electric car. Plug, plug it, it in, in, get free electricity. No, you pay for that. Oh, okay. You do. There's a, a tariff for that. Finally, they Some of it on. is free and some of it you pay for. You have a little charge card. There's different charge protocols for... You know, there's one for called ChargePoint. There's one for the MTA. Really? And there's, uh, there's probably more than three, but there's three. There's Bing and there's Energy, mm-hmm. E-N-E-R-G, I think it is. There's a bunch of different charging cards that you have to have if you're going to charge different places. But I'd like to focus on public transportation for a minute because there's several ways it's really good for people who want to save money and get around and also stay fit. It's so bike-friendly now. used to be... You know, you could only take your bike on the subway certain times or on light rail certain times. You can take it on any time now. You just asked out of common courtesy to go to the front of the rear car, I think, to go where there's an area for bikes to be kind of lined up. That makes it easier for people. You're not in people's way. But the buses, every bus that I've seen in the L.A. MTA district now has bike racks on it. And I need to explain to people what these bike racks are like in L.A. and other cities that have them. There's a brand of bike rack now, a model of bike rack, that is very easy to use. It is in the up position if there's no bikes in the rack. The bus wants to get, you know, in tighter traffic and not have such a big, Mm -hmm. you know, length to it, moving through traffic, the bike rack stays in the up position, the unused position. When you have to put your bike on it with one hand, you can hold your bike with your with one hand, and with the other hand, you pull on this lever. It's very easy. So you have to do it yourself. They're not going to come no, out. No, nobody's going to come out oh. and put the bike on for you. What oh, do you think this that. is? Concierge service? Yeah. No. You take it and you just grab the little lever, you squeeze it, and then it releases the lever, and it comes on down to a horizontal position with these slots in it and spring-loaded clamps that go right over the wheel any size. You can have a little tiny wheel or a giant wheel, and it'll hold that bike in place, and it won't bounce off. It's, How do you get it out? Same thing in reverse. You walk out to your bike, you pull the little spring-loaded clamp off, you pick your bike up, 
pull it out of the slot it's sitting in. It's sitting in this little slot area. And then you ride away. And out of common courtesy, or a, a beep of the horn if you forget it, the bus driver expects you to put it back up. So he's, because oh. he's not going to, he didn't have time to come back and put it up himself. If you're a rude person, I suppose he would come out and do it. But you, when you're done with the bike, if there's no other bike sitting on it, you put it back up. But it's very easy to use, very intuitive, and it's very safe. So I've never once seen or heard about a bike that's properly locked in, bouncing out of the rack. You know, you'd be hard-pressed to do that because it's very secure. Good to know. They're starting to expand them to three bike racks because they're having people waiting there with the bike and the bus passes by because they, you know, Are the bike full. rack is full. So they're a victim of their own success. But the LAMTA takes more people, more miles than any other transportation system in the world. Think, no. Oh, it does, honey. Really? It's just so spread out. People oh say it's God. so horrible here in L.A. Public transportation stinks. No, it doesn't by the amount of area they cover. Wow, you I You can didn't take know a bus from Santa Clarita to Long Beach. You can take a bus from Pomona to Trancas. That's a big, big grid, a big area. And there are places where it doesn't make sense, but there's a lot of places where it does. So I'm a big fan of public transportation. Well, I'm a big fan. It just, it is, you know, it's a learning curve. You just have to, well, for one thing, it does take time because it is such a vast area that you need a few days. Now, when I take my bike on the subway, my understanding is, and my understanding is borne out by the amount of bikes there, you put it in the the car, the most forward car, the car at the front of the uh, train. And so I put the bike there, and you'll see many other people in that position. I think you can also have it in the last car. There's an area where, you know, people, disabled people in wheelchairs can go and what have you. Different little electric wheelchairs and non-electric chairs can go in that area as well. But there's a big area that doesn't have seats to it is the point. So you can go there and lean your bike up against the thing and hold your bike and get from one end of the line to the other without any problem. But you're, you're not supposed to leave your bike unattended, certainly. You don't want to just put the kickstand down and hope that it doesn't roll around. It's going to. It's got wheels on it. So you want to hang on to your bike and put it in a safe position in the forward car. And I believe LAMTA, there's a, a provision for the last car as well. You can put it anywhere there's room, but you don't want to be bashing into people with your wheels. There's common courtesy that's expected of anybody uh, that takes a bike on, the, on public transportation. It's the same with light rail and on a bus. You cannot bring it onto the bus, of course. You have to put it on the rack. You know, I think it's important to note for the people that haven't been on a bus in a major city like L.A., New York, Chicago, how it works today. There are these tap passes that are very easy to use. Some of them... So you mean you can't use just money, is what you're saying? You just can't pay? You like, can't pay at the point of entry anymore. Oh. Right away, entering into the bus, you have to go, you have to get a tap card. <laughs> Tell you how long it's been since I've been on a bus. Okay, go ahead. You have to get a tap card in L.A., and there's a tap card in many other places. Other places, you buy a card that's like a you know parking garage card that has a magnetic stripe on it, but most of them and they're much better this way, or a tap card. It's got a chip in it that's recognized electronically, so you just tap it. You don't have to slide it in any fashion. You just kind of tap it on the area where it says tap, and it knows how much money you've loaded on the card. If you've run low, you put 20 bucks at a time, let's say, onto the card, 
at a machine. They have these machines that allow you to load the card. You can do it all online. You can purchase your cards okay. online. Oh, so that's where you would do... Where would you get your card, though, initially? You can get a card online, or you can buy a card at a machine, too. Oh, okay. You can load your card at a machine, buy a card at a machine, but they'll charge you at a machine $1 for the card. So once and you, you, you mean you can get it online for free? No, no. no. You, gotta, you pay a dollar no matter where you get it to oh. get that card, but then you don't have to pay a dollar again each time you load it, just paying for the, to defray the cost of the chip and the manufacture of the card. And it's, you know, the same sort of system in most major cities now, uh, Boston, So they don't have those, Chicago. Like, places where you go up and talk to the person and they give you... They have, yeah, they still have those little kiosks for people to assist you. And you can do, if there's somebody who hasn't been around the system at all, I don't know that they will sell you anything through... They're certainly not going to give you tokens through the window. The day of tokens is done I for many, many years. I just had a deja vu being in New York and getting those tokens and getting them through That's that a long underneath time the gone. window and them not being very happy about it when you didn't know where you were going. And People you know, are very helpful connection. nowadays. <laughs> and they'll direct you where you're going. You're going to the airport. You're going hither or yon. They'll tell you which train to get on, which light rail, which heavy rail, which bus. It's very good, and they've got great intuitive maps, too. If you don't know quite where you need to head, which, you know, orange line, blue line, green line you need to get on to get in your direction, you can go to the area map, first of all, and you get an idea right away. I'm trying to get to Chinatown. I'm trying to get to East L.A. I'm trying to get to the San Gabriel Valley. It's all right there on the system map, you know, the major map. Right. And then you can focus on a, a smaller map, when you get off the each subway stop and each light rail stop has an area map and you can know where the neighborhood kind of uh, has other forms of public transportation, different bus lines and smaller dash kind of buses and what have you, little shuttle buses. It's very, very efficient. They've done a very good job no, in L.A. Listen, I've lived in three countries and places in great cities that had fantastic public transportation and utilized it all the time until I moved to L.A. I don't know why. Well, it's a car-centric culture. That's why. It's really not that the transportation system is poor. Yeah. It used to be lacking back in the day, but now it's quite robust. It's a very good system with lots of rail. And there's a beauty to rail, too. Light rail is one thing that's above ground, but the heavy rail, the rail that goes underground, mm -hmm. that's doing something different. You know, you're going under traffic. You're not held up if there's a problem oh, there's on the so road. so much traffic in this town, so... For yeah. that reason, enough. And you should definitely have a, a working, thriving bus system. That's the backbone of the system. That's like in a hospital, you know, medications and sutures and tongue depressors and stethoscopes. That's the basis of the bus system. But you also, in a big city hospital, want an MRI, right? That's something expensive. You and your metaphors. At least well, it's a good metaphor, honey. Also, yeah. besides sutures and stethoscopes, you want an MRI, right? Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Of course you do. Yeah, yeah. That's what a subway system subway. is. It okay. costs more. <laughs> if you just let me get one last word okay. out, you would have known right away with subway. You wouldn't have hold, held up the works the way you do. Mm -hmm. I've seen you try to get into subways. You hold up the works there too. Hold on. Which car am I getting on? Yeah. Just get on hold the car. Hold it. Hold that door. They don't really like it when you do that. No, they don't. Mm -mm. And also, when you use Google Maps nowadays, of course, you have those three choices. Drive, walk, or there's a little public transportation icon for a train or a bus. And so you can push that little button for public transportation. It'll tell you, walk down to Ventura Boulevard, walk 80 yards in this direction, walk north 80 yards, get to Ventura Boulevard, walk slightly east to Colfax, and then you get to uh, 240 or the 150 bus going 
east on Ventura Boulevard. It's very easy to use when you use GPS, and there certainly are if you go LAMTA in the app store for a you know search for an application for your phone. If you want to buy an app, just go New York MTA, LAMTA, you know Chicago CTA, and you can get your app that'll help you stay you know on track wherever you're going in those different areas. There's great local apps for transit systems around the country. I mean, I do know a little bit about carpooling because I much prefer to, if I, certainly if I'm going to go long distances, to have someone to talk to in the car. So I do like to... What, you don't talk to people on the bus or the subway? What's wrong with talking to them in, on the bus or the in subway? In New York, I would. But I'm riding with you in the subway. You could talk to me. Yeah, okay. Like I was saying, carpooling is probably what I prefer to do because, you know, it's a time to catch up. It's, we're stuck in... We could catch up. Yeah, okay. Like I was saying, and my friends, um, carpooling, because we, you know, it's, you're stuck in traffic so much here. So it is a time to catch up, but one must be cautious because you can get carried away in a conversation and not look at the road. I have been known to do that. You don't want to do that. No, you and don't you want to do that. And you also, likewise, don't want to get engaged in a conversation and you miss your stop. You want yeah, to be that's right. careful wherever you are, bus, train, car, bike riding. Yeah. And let's talk about bike riding because I bought you this beautiful bike and I envision a time when you and I are going to be riding around <laughs> town together on bikes. When are you going to use that bike yeah. I bought you for your birthday? It's only been, well, I guess it'll be six years now in October. Yeah. I was on it because finally I thought I have to at least get on the bike. Now we live in this lovely neighborhood that's flat. I can ride it. I was a little nervous about riding on the street. What's I, your excuse now? Oh, well, I don't have an excuse, and I'll get on it today, I promise. Okay, good. You heard it here. I'll make sure the tires have plenty of air. Yeah, okay. But my it's point been is... there a while, folks. It has six years. And um, my point is, I'm afraid to get on the street, because I don't know... I know you know. I just... They, it makes me nervous. I don't trust anything. I don't trust myself, but certainly don't trust other people. Even this quite sedate neighborhood where there's people yeah, walking in the middle of the street. street. I'm talking about like big boulevards. You don't have you know. to go in a big boulevard. Oh. You can just go around the neighborhood. All right, I'll do that. But you just get you on the bike. You like to? I remember the first one of the first times we went out. This was like a long time ago, like 22 years. I wanted to impress you, <laughs> so I rode a bike for about five miles. Do you remember that? You went up to a, up Fryman Canyon, didn't no, you? No, I went from studio on the on Surface Streets from Studio City to Van Nuys or Granada. It felt like like you know. it was to Van Nuys. And did that, we go see my brother? Yeah, my brother Tom. Yes, we he did. He was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. You're right. I forgot I about rode, that. See, you I have done it. There. there you are. You have. I'm impressed. It's 22 years ago, I guess. Didn't you ride once up the Will Acre Loop? I did. I yeah, rode up Fryman Canyon yeah, because that's a steep I, hill. he told me that Annette Benning had done it, and I was determined not to be beaten out by Annette Benning. So I rode, that died, but I, I did do it. I you did it, I, I did it. I don't have to do it again. I proved the point that I can do it. So there you are. Well, you're a good rider. We're going to get you back on a bike. <laughs> And nowadays, there's so many bike lanes, you know, these great bike lanes, bike paths, bike lanes, bike path is something that's very separate from traffic. A bike lane is adjacent to traffic, but it's its own painted area where you can feel fairly secure that you're in that lane and traffic is not going to be speeding along. They can make a right turn or a left turn through that area, but they're supposed to leave that area for the bike riders. And they're pretty good about it. Drivers, I think, are very good about that in my observation. I don't know. And even irrespective of the bike lanes, if you have a bike lane or do not have a bike lane, California law now dictates you are to stay at least three feet away 
from a bike rider when you're in your car. So you're supposed really? to, Good to know. give way a little bit, maybe move into the center median as you would pass another vehicle, a truck or what have you, and make sure there's always three feet between your, you know, the side of your car and the bike rider. That's the law. And uh, not everybody knows about it, but it's been on the news enough. A lot of people know about it. They're very cautious around bike riders. And just make sure you look in your rear view mirror before you, if you're parking on a street, to look in your rear view before mirror. Before you throw your, your door s- open. Yes. Yeah, because a lot of people mirror. have been what they call doored. Yes. I've never been doored, but I no. know a lot of friends that have been doored. That is to say, somebody opens their door at the very last minute mm-hmm. when your bike is coming up at close to 20 miles an hour, and you hit that door, and it'll ruin your whole day. Yeah. I will say with great pride, I have not gone down on the pavement on a bicycle since I was 10 or 11. And I make that distinction of pavement because I've been up mountain biking and you slip and slide and gravel and you, you know, I've, I've had some minor scrapes on gravel up in the mountains, okay? So mm-hmm. I've never gone down the pavement since I was 10 or 11 years old. Why? There's a reason for that. I'm a defensive bike rider. When I ride on the street, in or out of a bike lane, I'm always looking at those cars. If I see a head on the left side, front or rear of a vehicle, I expect that person to throw the door open at the last minute like they found a bee in their car suddenly. I expect that, and sometimes I uh, am expecting it for good reason. It's happened, but I've cut a little wider. I've waited for a break in traffic, cut wide of that door in case they throw it open, and once in a great while they do. I also do not ever, ever ride on the wrong side of the sidewalk without... I really wish people would stop, and they ride on the sidewalk. Well, you're allowed to ride on the sidewalk in California. Yes, you oh can. Oh, my gosh. I you thought they You can ride on the sidewalk, wrong. but not in a crowded... There's language about when you're allowed to ride. You're not allowed to ride on, like, Hollywood Boulevard, you know, in the tourist right. area, for instance. You just can't. It's a hazard. You're supposed to defer to pedestrians, defer to traffic in this situation, too, because there's people pulling out of driveways. And even though you are technically allowed to ride on a, the sidewalk, even going the wrong way, you must. Common sense and the laws of physics dictate when you come up to an intersection or a driveway, you have to look because the people are not looking to the right where you're coming from the wrong way. They're looking to the left to see where the traffic is coming the proper way. So if you're going to even briefly take a bike, you know, on a sidewalk or wherever you go, look for cars, respect the cars, give them the right of way if you're going the wrong way on a sidewalk, for God's sake. And well, even better, don't go the wrong right, way in the sidewalk. Better yet. But you and know, you're not allowed, and that's another reason you're not allowed to. You are definitely breaking the law if you go the wrong way on the street. You if, are? Oh, yeah. You cannot go. There was a, a way of thinking when I was a kid, not when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, maybe in my 20s, people started to say, no, no, you want to ride the opposite way from when traffic is coming, then you can see them. Right. That's what I thought. No, absolutely not. Because of that driveway syndrome where people are pulling out of driveways and streets, and they're not looking, expecting you coming at 20 miles an hour, sometimes in a bike, from the other direction. They're not looking for that. And oh. most importantly, I saved the worst for last. If you're going 20 miles an hour, which is a common speed you can achieve on a bicycle in a top gear, you're going 20 miles an hour, and they're going 40 miles an hour, now you have a 60 mile per hour accident. So it's really bad. You cannot. And more than likely, they probably weren't wearing a helmet because, God, you, how many people don't wear a helmet these days? I don't understand. It's shocking. That. But God help you, if you're going 20 miles an hour, somebody's going 40, hope it doesn't happen. But if they hit you, that's Mm -hmm. a 20-mile-per-hour accident because they're only going 20 miles per hour faster than you. But if you're going the wrong way on a street, 
It's a bad accident. It's a recipe for accidents because people don't see you coming. They're not going to see you certainly at that speed. There's bushes and trees and you're coming out of nowhere going the wrong way. So right. I think it might even be illegal to go the wrong way on a sidewalk. I think it might be. And uh, so don't do it no matter me. what, whether or not Just it is legal it. technically or illegal. Don't do it. It's a recipe for disaster. But, you know, in, uh, here in China, they have, like, literal walls in between or real delineation between the driving and the car and the bike. Oh, there's so many people riding their bikes. Yeah, there's a lot of bike riders. But they have through. it right. That's what they're doing right, though. Sure. It's been a, uh, a bike-friendly city for a while, Beijing. You know, mm -hmm. it's getting less so because everybody wants to get off their bike and get into a car. They feel that's progress. They're going... The uh, wrong way, I think. I think we should all be getting out of our cars and getting on the bikes. That's yeah, my opinion. Well, definitely less sitting. There was a whole thing about that came out in the, the news recently that sitting is very, I mean, we obviously knew that sitting wasn't good for your health, but it's more detrimental than even thought before, like with diabetes and heart disease and all that. Hmm. Also, there are great bike share programs in L.A., New York, Chicago, Bike shares, you can basically set it up, you set it up an account online or on your smartphone right there at the bike share station. And you get your PIN number, you get your account set up with a credit card, with PayPal, whatever you use. And then you go to that bike, you know, station number three. There's one, two, three, four, five, up to like 10 bikes often, 12 sometimes. I've seen more than 12 in New York City in places. And then you take bike number three, bike number four, and you have your code, your PIN number, you take the bike, you pick it up, in the East Village, you return it in Midtown or wherever you know, the next bike share station is, and you can get around town on a bicycle, you know, by, and you don't have to have a bike in the city you're visiting. How much you, does that talk? How much do they cost? It's very little. The LA bike share program is $1.75 for a 30-minute ride. That's a pretty good deal if you need to go around and do errands for 30 minutes or even sightsee briefly. It's $1.75 every half hour, so it'll be $3.50 for an hour. It would be seven dollars for two hours. So for two hours of sightseeing, seven bucks, that's a pretty good deal. Certainly around the beach, it makes no sense to drive your car too. A lot, I'm sure a lot of people, I would think that they'd have that down at the beach, but do you, where else do they have them, do you know? They have them in several places. You know, when you've got to go long distances beyond the range of your bicycle, your electric car, your public transportation, I like to, you know, look at that transportation hierarchy and make decisions based on fuel use and environmental impact. I know you do, honey. So driving a hybrid vehicle cross-country can be a very green choice. You can get, I've gotten close to 60 miles per gallon in that Prius, that 2004 Prius. I've gotten that real-world mileage. you think he's kidding. I've, I've done it. We you also, can do that. I drove cross-country once with you and that was even pre-hybrids with a flex fuel natural gas and gasoline car that was more challenging that finding was... the fuel was hard <laughs> it was and we didn't know oh, what we know about now god. about fracking and what have you we thought it was clean at the tailpipe it was oh a great my choice god. to do that ed but... would not he would drive around looking for that natural gas filling station it was, it was a, it should have been filmed because it was quite funny. The joke, however, was on me. So it was, um, yeah. Luckily, uh, we've progressed since then. Now you can get in a hybrid and you can go cross country, get your fuel the way everybody gets their fuel, regular unleaded will do it. Keep in mind though, planes are fairly fuel efficient. He said you know, it, you heard it here. They are 
fairly fuel efficient. Well, let me talk about what else they are. They're burning kerosene, so kerosene is not exactly a clean fuel. They burn it pretty efficiently, but kerosene has a certain amount of pollution, and you're making it up at 31,000 feet where there's no trees to mitigate it and turn that CO2 into oxygen. So there's environmental impact, but you get about 50-some-odd miles per gallon if the plane is full. Well, it's these very days, efficient. honey, it's full. They Planes are not are usually flying. Full, and if it doesn't circle around too much yeah. and uh, do any kind of holding pattern, but you can get 50-some-odd miles per gallon, but you can get 50-some-odd, 60 miles per gallon in a hybrid, and if you're taking more than one person with you, now that's become 100 miles per gallon, 100-plus. there were days in our early in our relationship where Ed wouldn't fly. He just wouldn't fly. We missed out on so many incredible events because he wouldn't get in the airplane. Here's an incredible event I want you to consider. Climate change. Can you consider that incredible event? Will that maybe be worked into your, your Look, schedule? Making some time for that? Yes, I understand. But there are things you need to do the next day. If you live in L.A., sometimes you have to be in New York in 24 hours. And you don't have it. Or you've got to go to Venice. Like, I need to go to Venice, Italy, because I have never seen it. Oh, I see. Right. So we'll burn the planet down so you can go to Venice. Well, I'd like to know what's in Venice, okay? So shoot me. I'll drive you to Venice, California. It's every bit as beautiful. (laughs) Well, maybe it's a little different. but a little different. Yeah, I don't think there's any way to get to Venice, Italy, unless you fly. I mean, I guess you could take the QE2, but that would be a very long time. There's a lot of fuel involved in that. Here are some great choices when you must fly, and sometimes you have to. If you've got to be Monday in L.A. and Tuesday in New York, you've got to get in a plane. You can use a carbon offset program like TerraPass. It's a good uh, way to offset your train travel, your air travel, your vehicle use, your home energy use. TerraPass is a good way to do that. But when you must fly, how are you going to get to the airport? Well, if you're lucky like me and you own an electric car already, you can go to the airport and plug in for free, by the way, at LAX, and you get a free charge while you're there. You'll have to pay for your parking, but you get a free charge. That's one good way to go. Another way to go, if you need to get to the airport, most every taxi nowadays is a hybrid. I've never seen a, a taxi lately that isn't a hybrid, but let's go one further. If you use UberX, UberX is a lot cheaper and they're very fuel efficient cars by the very nature of How does it how do you is it qualify? What is a what is There's no what is your it doesn't definition? have to be a hybrid, but more than half of the UberX vehicles I've been in, I've probably taken 15 Uber rides in my life, maybe 20. Because sometimes, you know, I've been in New Mexico here or there where I have no hybrid car with me. You know, I came in to do work on Better Call Saul and I need to get somewhere to get printed cartridges, what have you. There's no bus to get me there. I took an Uber. Half the time they're hybrids. 100% of the time they're fuel efficient vehicles to get like 30 miles per gallon or better. That's the nature of UberX. It's a low cost kind of Uber thing. It's Mm -hmm. not like a, a fancy Mercedes or something. It's kind of a notch down by cost and that cost equals mileage in most cases, and it does in this case. So that's a good way to get there. There's also ways you can take public transportation to many airports. When I go to Chicago, which I do occasionally, and sometimes I have to fly, I go into uh, the O'Hare Airport and get right on the, the train that's right there, the CTA train, I think it's the blue line, it goes right to the loop right downtown, you get there quicker. They used to go, oh, Ed, we'll get you a hybrid. And I accepted it a couple of times, doing some speaking engagement there. Pick me up in a hybrid. What a waste. Not needed. You get on the train right there. Same thing with uh, going to Boston, coming to Logan. You get right on the blue line there. It's also the blue line that takes you 
from Logan Airport right to uh, the city proper, and then you can take your green line, red line, orange line when you're in. It's okay for you because you don't have any bags, but I usually carry, I don't travel light, unfortunately. So well, there you go. No, you no. need to change your ways. Not probably. Like the Santana song, you need to change your evil ways. <laughs> and I save the best for last. You can take the flyaway bus. You know, oh, my God, you're making me sick. I'm sorry. I've taken the flyaway bus. Have you never taken it? I haven't. It's great. You can take it from LAX back to the valley, and you've done most of the heavy lifting, get yourself I right know. into Van Nuys. It's good. I'm so happy and, and it's proud cheap. of you. It's yes. cheap, cheap, cheap. It is cheap. You can take the flyaway bus to LAX. You can take it to downtown Union Station if you're going to take a train, Amtrak. To I do appreciate picking people up at that station versus going to LAX to pick them up. So I have to say I have had Many a pickup. I, I mean, that sounded weird, but I've picked people up at the station. You picked me up at a green <laughs> event, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Now, you're probably noticing, like a Sherlock Holmes story, the, the dog that didn't bark. What didn't you hear today? What you didn't hear is a lot about cars. We're going to talk about cars in another episode. We really focused on bike riding, electric bikes, electric motorcycles. We focused on public transportation walking even, but Cars is a they focus of another it, show. deserve uh, uh, its own episode, don't you It think? should be its, its so, very own episode. We right. should dedicate one because there's so much there nowadays. There's so many cars with a plug nowadays, thanks to Elon Musk and Nissan and GM and, and so many th- So Toyota. many things to consider, you know. Yeah, there's a lot to consider, and we're going to talk about all that, all the many choices, biofuels, you know, biodiesel, ethanol, electric, uh, lots of different choices. Hydrogen, 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 all of it. Cars really deserve their own episode, don't you think, Ed? I think they do, honey. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that in another episode and really dedicate the whole episode to that. So because you got to think of what color and sunroof. You can think of the color and all of that, the, the foo foo stuff. I want to think about the nuts and bolts, how it runs, how well it performs. Okay, I do think about those things too. Okay, so let, let's skip this next segment, okay? No, no, we have to play the green or garbage game. It's our chance to teach listeners the truth about the items out there, whether they're green or garbage. And your chance to show off. Oh, honey. yeah, more like a chance to make a fool of myself. What if we tested you? You go in the hot seat. Okay, what item do you have for me? Um, I don't know. You don't have one, I do you? I don't have one, no. I thought so. Looks mm-hmm. like Rochelle is back in the hot seat. This week's focus is transportation. So our first item is... What about these motorcycles and motor scooters? Let's talk about them. Oh, yeah. What about them? Because right away, on their face, they're pretty darn good. Less traffic congestion. They're quite compact. They get great mileage. They get like 70 miles per gallon. Uh, you know, a real serious motorcycle, like a Triumpher, one of those Yamahas or Hondas, a beefy motorcycle. I think they get about 70 miles per gallon. Do they? They do. Some of them have green uh, certification, but the older ones do not. Even though they get good mileage, they put out a fair amount of pollution. That's something to consider with these vintage bikes. They have Ugh, pollution those Harleys. controls on oh the new gosh, ones. Oh my gosh, they sound and so the loud worst, too. The worst is, I've saved the worst for last what? again, those two-stroke ones, those kind of ying, 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 ying. You just like in Vietnam, when we were in Vietnam, we saw all yeah, those. Yeah, all those two-stroke en- engines. You know how you got to mix oil with your gasoline in those two-stroke engines or it injects it from a little oil reservoir, where do you think that oil goes? It goes into the air. It's burned well, in the fuel. I know it's that very they have bad, a big pollution Very problem. polluting. A lot yeah. of those little Vespas, they get good mileage. They're cheap. And all that's wonderful, but they put out a lot of pollution. So you got to be it, real so careful. So is a Vespa one of those? That's a two-stroke, a Vespa? The old, some of the Vespas are two-strokes. I think they have them now that are... I know all of them. 
your newer, you know, Hondas, Yamahas, Harleys, all of them have better pollution mm. controls. So the bikes have gotten a lot cleaner. They even have electric motorcycles. Did you know that? No. They have electric bikes. That's well, I know another electric, category. We have electric bikes. Those yeah, are great. They have electric bicycles. Those are very good. And they have electric uh, motorcycles. Uh, I think it's called the Vectrix. I got to look that up. But it's a very impressive motorcycle. Is it more expensive than the other? Yeah, I think it's a little more expensive than a, a regular motorcycle. But you're going around on pure electric. For a guy like me, I could charge it on my solar, ride a motorcycle around, and it wouldn't be any pollution whatsoever. It's all solar charged. I think you might just ascend to heaven after that, if that were the case. I've got a wonderful hybrid electric bike. It's called a Pedego, and you must pedal. You can't just do a little throttle, electric throttle. You have to do some pedaling, but if you put it up at the fifth speed, the speed one, two, three, four, and five, if you put it on speed five, you're really going like Greg LeMond, and you're not doing a lot of work. You can go very fast in that bike, very fast being like 20, 25 miles an hour tops. Are you, you still know, pedaling as well, though? But you're still pedaling. You're getting a little exercise, You're getting right? some ex- exercise. And if you put it down at level one, the battery will last a very long time, but you'll have to work harder. So you can put it whatever level you want. If there's hills, you can put it all the way up to five so you really get some help going up the hill. So those electric, you know, hybrid electric bikes are pretty cool. And they have some pure electric bikes that you just hit a throttle, and they're still considered a bicycle, and you don't have to pedal at all. I'm not well, even could sure. could you pedal if you ran out of... I think they have pedals as like a backup thing. So if you, you run out of juice, you can get home yeah. without having to walk it. So, honey, what do you think? Motorcycles, green or garbage? Well, I think because it's a smaller motor that it's green, right? Well, you're right. There's no real hard and fast answer to this one. There are green aspects to a motorcycle by the very nature of the fuel usage. You know, they get very good mileage. All motorcycles do. Traffic congestion, you've cut down a lot of traffic congestion. More traffic can move. There's more people on motorcycles. There's more space on the road. And then, you know, the emissions, though, are a thing. The older bikes make a fair amount of pollution. The newer bikes make a lot less. And, indeed, there are even some pure electric bikes out there. So, um, you know, it what can you, be green what you or save, garbage. It well, depends. what you save in uh, fuel costs, you will make up in emergency costs. The emergency room. That's true. You got to be careful on a bicycle. You don't have that kind of protection that a car affords. So scare me a little bit. Be very careful. Mm -hmm. Time to tell you about a product that's for all you Rochelles. We aren't Ed, but we deserve some recognition for trying. Okay, listen. If you're going to ride a bike, get a bike helmet. I know you just had your hair blown out. However, it, your hair is, it, it's better than having to have, you know, brain surgery, okay? So protect your skull and wear the helmet. And then, um, you know, another great transportation, at probably the highest, as you like to refer to, is walking. walking I do like walking. is a very good way to go. There's no manufacturer, yeah. you know, cost, uh, environmental or otherwise, to making a bike or an electric bike or anything like that or a train. But get tra- good shoes. Get good shoes. There's a small amount of manufacture in the shoes, but that's very little compared to those other things I mentioned. Walking is the number one choice in my transportation hierarchy, yes, so I'm glad you know- that you're embracing it, honey. My favorite new green gadget has to do with transportation. They have these wonderful new little solar chargers that'll power your phone, power some small device. It's a small little panel. You can put it in. It'll work in conjunction with your 
a cigarette lighter attachment, so you've got a cigarette lighter thing for your phone anyway. It'll work with that and get it up to full charge on the cigarette lighter attachment, and then it'll keep a trickle charge. What does that have to do with transportation? You, you, don't you want to have your phone charged if you're on the road? And let's say your oh, okay, cigarette lighter okay. thing all goes right, out and you go, okay. you park your car and you go on a hike somewhere. <laughs> That's true. You want to have cell phone. You got a good so point. So my favorite green gadget of the week is a solar cell phone Once charger. Once you've gotten lost on the public transportation, the vast the vast public transportation we have in Los Angeles. Yeah, where, do you, where are you going to plug in if you're on the, the rail going somewhere? That's true. Okay, you got a point. You got your solar backpack or your other little smaller solar charger. They're very, very handy. It's time to ask the Begley's when we answer your questions about building more sustainable life. This week, you gave us your questions about transportation. A big thanks to everyone who sent a message. We love hearing from you guys and helping you out. If you have questions for us, email them to begleyesk at gmail.com. Or if you'd like a chance to hear yourself, leave a voicemail at 657-BEGLEY3. Okay, here we go. Hi, my name is Andrew. I'm 32 years old. I live in Los Angeles, California. If you'd like to say uh, I live in Hollywood, California. My question is, I don't have a car. I use Uber and Lyft to get around, also train, also uh, carpooling sometimes. Now I'm wondering, when I'm using an Uber, is that actually helping air quality? Or are all public transportation, buses and uh, train, better to use for air quality? Thank you very much. Andrew, that's a great question. I want to tell you right away, you're my hero. The fact that you don't own a car, you're greener than me right now today, buddy. I'm very, very impressed. My car is an electric car. It's solar charged, so I'm doing pretty good. But without a car, without the manufacture of all that material, by not owning a car and all the expense of the insurance and everything and parking, you're doing a very green, very economical thing. So that's good. Now, using Uber, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and this is my opinion. I'm sticking to it. I think the Public transportation, Uber combo is a great one. I think it's great because you go as far as you can reasonably by public transportation. I mean, who wouldn't if there was another bus waiting there that's going right where you're going? You have to get off bus or train one. Who wouldn't hop on? And I'm sure Andrew would. I know I would. But if there's not, which there most likely is not, you're going to hop in an Uber. You're going to call for an Uber when you get up out of the subway. If you're on light rail, you can call for it as you're pulling up or you know, book it in advance as you know what intersection you're going to be at. And it's a great combination, very green, because if you take UberX, it's very fuel efficient. So I think the public transportation Uber combo is a green one as long as you go as far as you reasonably can on public transportation, have Uber fill, fill in the blanks. Great one, Andrew. Well done, sir. Before we go, we want to share the main takeaways from this episode. Biking and walking aren't just good for the environment, they're good for your health. And taking green transportation doesn't have to be an inconvenience. Plan ahead, do your research. And if you have to drive your car, bring somebody along with you. Carpooling with company makes the journey more fun anyways. Right, honey? Yeah. We just took a trip together back from uh, Squaw Valley. And it was a wonderful trip together in a car for a whole day, wasn't it, honey? For a whole day. Actually, I was so sick with that horrible cough, cold, flu, whatever it was. You were sick, all right. You were sick of me the minute we pulled out of the driveway. I just wanted to get home. Yeah, and away from me. Yeah. But I gave it to you, so it all worked out. That's all for this episode. We hope you learned a bit about green transportation, how it can save you money. 
Remember to subscribe to Begley-esque on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, and be sure to give us a rating and a review. It really helps out. Do a little, do a lot. Just do something today and tell us what you did. Thank you to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. This podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. Have a great week, everyone, and thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye.